You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. Will I let Jesus prove to me that he's truly my strength? To let him prove inside of me that through him I can do all things. The True Strength Life Podcast with Aaron Simpkins. TrueStrengthApparel.com for clothing you'll love with a message you can trust. That's TrueStrengthApparel.com. All right, guys, what's going on? This is Aaron Simpkins, your host of the True Strength Life podcast. I'm back with another episode, another interview today with a special guest, Angel Key Rose. I said that right, right, brother? Absolutely. Key Rose. So um, I found out about you, I think, on the grow the heck up page mm-hmm. yeah that's that's probably where i saw you yeah and i don't I remember had vo- i had voice on um on my podcast and that's actually how i found you because i saw that you interviewed him as well okay yeah cool i was just gonna just gonna say that um yeah yeah him and i talked for a long time uh yeah i so i saw you and and started looking more into your stuff and to be honest when it comes to a christian talking about politics you were one of the people that I liked the most because I feel like you I'm I'm so concerned about uh losing my Christian witness when it comes to talking about politics. That's almost why that's why I, I almost don't a lot. Um right. and because I just purely based off of how divisive of a topic it can be. Um but listening to you, I feel like you do a really, really good job at that. Thank you. Man. So um, as we get started, uh, just give kind of like a brief, you know, intro of who you are, what you do, uh, what you're about and For all sure. that. And then, you know, we can jump into it. For sure. So my name is Angel Kiros. I'm, uh, I'm up here in New Jersey, uh, you know, in the Northeast region. Uh, what I do is I pretty much have a podcast that discusses where Christianity and politics intersect. Sometimes that's in the culture. Sometimes that's in the realm of the Christian church. Uh, sometimes it's in, pol- in, in you know, other areas, you know, sports, stuff like that. So I really like to tackle different topics, not from uh, a position of hitting people or, you know, kind of dismantling people, but more so dismantling arguments, dismantling ideas. So I like to attack ideas and not attack people. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of one of the fundamental things that I've decided to kind of make my, I guess, my MO, my kind of overarching theme for whatever content I make. Of course, I'm going to mention names and stuff like that, but really the podcast is more so about the ideas of that we're experiencing in our culture today and how they relate to biblical principles, whether they're for them or against them. And then we discuss those topics. Cool. Yeah, that's good. That's one thing. Um, as I've gotten into, uh, I've been into Christian apologetics for a couple of years, and I remember way back in the beginning when I was learning, uh, just just memorizing different things that they talk about quite often. You always heard the idea of uh, make sure you're 
make sure you're taking apart the idea and the the principle, but not the person. Because yeah. as soon as soon as you start attacking the person, then you you their soul is more person more important than you winning a debate. So as soon as you start attacking that person, then you just most likely lost them uh, for anything else you have to say. Yeah, I think context is really important, right? As far as the way the discussion is taking place. So if if I'm talking to somebody on a podcast, like Ben Shapiro lays this out pretty well, and I think it applies to us as Christians uh, mainly, because when it, let's say I'm on somebody on a leftist podcast and we're discussing ideas of whether marriage is good or not. My goal is not necessarily to convince the podcast host because they have a platform which is built on this other idea that's opposed to biblical standards. So my goal in that situation is to convince the audience that my ideas are better. And the way that's going to be most effective is not by roasting the guests, but by really convincing them with arguments that are sound and that are logical, um, as opposed to, let's say, some sort of roast battle like what Candace Owens does a little bit. Um, that's not something that I really want to be part of, which is why I kind of find the meme culture of the right to become kind of increasingly uh, increasingly toxic and, and not as useful as it once was. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I... <clears throat> Obviously, I, I I see that online a lot. The, yeah. the what you call it, the meme culture uh, of roasting everybody. Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, the meme culture yeah. of like the right wing politics. You know the, um, I guess what what is the the, the Pepe's of the world and stuff like that. You know, it's a. Uh, yeah. It's a, it was all in good fun, and I think there was a place for it, um, I guess, back when <laughs> when our political ideology was sitting in the White House. But nowadays, it's not really it's not really doing any good. It's more so just. Uh, poking fun at things that shouldn't really that aren't really funny anymore you know like the the degradation of marriage the way um manhood is being kind of uh shamed in our culture today those aren't really things that should be made fun of uh they should be uh topics that we really address seriously and try and try and come up with some sort of solution and and i think that the meme culture came at a time where everything was so tense that you wanted just some sort of relief you want to just poke fun and laugh but i think that comes from a place of nihilism I think it's a very cynical way to look at the world where everything is a joke, you know, short of being a comedian. I don't think that's a healthy way for for an actual thinker, somebody that's actually putting out political content and putting out ideas for a living. I don't think that's a great way to engage with an audience and then then have it be successful. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And then and I know I know, you know, just going going about everyday life, uh, I can fall into that sometimes. Yeah, you know, too much it fall into that trap of of oh this this idea is just so far out there i'm just gonna um even if it's just to myself in my head i'm just gonna make fun of it yeah and and it's it's so easy to to fall into that i mean i'll mention like lavoisier because you had him on your podcast too when he came on my podcast he said something that like spoke to my like the deepest parts of me because it was so relevant on this he, subject he, he was like you know it. it might be cool on the right or or in republican circles to to call somebody retarded but does that really represent jesus to somebody who might be a leftist who has a a child with mental illness you know does that really accurately represent the heart of god for those people and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, you know, there there's a place for like roasting people and a place for like, you know, doing these clapbacks. But I don't think it always represents God. And I think that's why, um, like you were mentioning before we started recording, your Christian witness is super important when you're in politics. It's probably more important because you're you're now put regardless of whether you want to or not, you're now held up as this example of your faith. And you kind of speak for everybody because of 
the the way identity politics is taken over is like, okay, so you identify as a Christian, so now you speak for all Christians, and that becomes this bur- this weight on your shoulders. And all yeah. we can do as Christians is kind of reflect and 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 deject and say like, I am I am like I am depraved, I am wretched, and God is the only one that's good. Um, you know, I'm in need of salvation just like anybody else, but we're here to discuss ideas, not necessarily my flaws or your flaws, because we both have flaws, but we're, we're here to discuss the things that are actually true, objective truth, objective morality, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> a lot of this, uh, a lot of this talk, gets interesting when, uh, when even what you just said, uh, things like objective truth, objective morality, um, and you said earlier, uh, you know, using logic, using reasoning. A lot of times we're debating or having these conversations with people that don't really actually believe in any of those things. Yeah. So it's it's weird to try to be like you to to use logic to build up an argument to say, like, here's my presentation. Here's why it makes sense um, when they don't even believe in that to begin with um it's kind of it it's 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 like this we've got to we've gotten to this weird world where uh (laughs) words mean everything but they mean nothing that's a great way to put it yeah um and that's that's so unfortunate um yeah it's it's a great way to put it because there's I heard this incredibly fascinating interview. Uh, Michael Knowles had somebody on his channel. Uh, Michael Knowles is a, an anchor yeah. for the Daily Wire. And um, they were talking about why the left kind of responds to this idea of um, a fluid, a gender fluidity and, you know, the, the transgender movement and stuff like that. Um, and he broke it down in a way I'd never heard before, which is, I forget who he quoted, but he was talking about this idea that... Um, things in the world today are like a carbon copy, right? So they're a copy of a copy of a copy. So he uses the example of strawberries. You know, maybe somebody um, who's a child will pick a a wild strawberry out, eat it, and be like, wow, that's delicious. And then they'll grow up and they'll manufacture a perfect amount of strawberries so that all of the strawberries that you taste taste just like that one wild strawberry. And then somebody else will take that, that, that bunch of wild strawberries that are now modified to be perfect and synthesize it to be like a strawberry flavored candy in like a, let's say a Jolly Rancher strawberry flavor. And then somebody will take the, the Jolly Rancher strawberry flavor and make a soda out of the Jolly Rancher, out of the perfect strawberries, out of the wild strawberry. That sounds and, and it, <laughs> it sounds delicious. Don't get me wrong. But then a child comes up and drinks the, drinks the strawberry soda and goes, huh, that tastes amazing. But it doesn't taste anything like the wild strawberry that I had before, right? So now we're we're so detached from what is actually real that anything can be real, right? And that's what kind of leftists are falling victim towards, with uh with gender and sexuality, where you know the the free love movement has made it so that you know gender is like a suggestion. This is back in the '60s, and you know it's just all about love, man. And so now you have a copy of a woman who's copying a woman who's copying a woman and you're all of a sudden detached from the biological necessity that a woman is a is a person who is a being created that way with the uterus made to provide life and instead they're looked at as like a function of society right so women aren't, aren't anything biological they're just a way you exist and so now you can just exist as a woman if you decide that or you can exist as a man if you decide that but it has nothing to do with biology anymore. And I found that really like 
uh, really telling and, and really uh, interesting because it's, it's not many times that I've seen somebody on the right be able to articulate leftist views and make me be like, oh, I totally get it. I empathize now. And, and I think that what, one thing that he said that was profound was that you, don't necess- you can learn and understand things without agreeing with them. And I yeah. think that's super important, especially if you're if you're a Christian, you have to learn and understand atheism. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it and you have to learn and understand communism. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it. But by educating yourself in that way, you're setting up to reinforce your own faith, reinforce the things that you believe and reinforce your ability to connect with somebody empathetically as a Christian, because now you know where they come from and why they come from that place. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm talking your ear off, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, you're the guest. It's the whole point for for you to talk. Uh, no, that's good. And you're a way better talker than I am, anyway. So, no, no man, um, you're a natural. So the uh, <clears throat> yeah. So to to know and to understand something uh, or or someone's idea or, or where they're coming from, um, and then to just that that idea to just to disagree with it that thinking is something that i've only really realized in in like the past year yeah um and where and and it was quite honestly it was uh <laughs> i think it again was was something i i might have learned from lavoisier mm. um because his 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 mental game is so so sharp absolutely um and and i was i was just thinking the way i came to that conclusion uh in my mind was I was thinking of how, how there's so much talk of, of, you know, race and different colors and this and that. And then I was like, but how is it that, how is it that we live in, you know, supposedly, you know, I'm air quoting a a racist world, especially a racist country. Um, but yet I, 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 as a white guy learned from a black guy that I can have a lot more freedom of mind than I have already. (laughs) And, and, Cause it, 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 it literally was like a freeing conclusion, like a freeing thought. It was like, wow, I can actually literally think whatever I want. Mm. I, I'm allowed to disagree with whatever I want now. I, I mean, I, I should have a conviction to truth. Um, I should have a conviction to what is biblically correct, uh, and moral, um, and right or, or maybe there's some times where there's not even a totally right, but just a better. Mm. Um, I should have convictions to all of those things. Um, but that being said, like just because somebody over here thinks that that their way is, is way better or, or whatever it is they're thinking, I can just be like, I disagree. Yeah, I, and, I love what you pointed out, man, about maybe there's not a a completely great but there's definitely a better and i think that's something that we miss in in the idea of politics what the left does a lot is they'll structure things to where if it's not utopia then the idea is wrong right and and that is something that i think as christians we learn to deal with because we learn to to go through our testimony be able to assess where we were in life and where we are now and say like god did so much in my life my life is so much better is my life perfect no but it's better and it's objectively better like god in in scripture god uses the word good and it was good he doesn't say and it was perfect right because there's 
there's essentially no such thing on earth that's perfect, but in heaven there is, right? So the the idea that we can somehow attain this perfection and that we should always be constantly combating the things that are that are now that are here because they're not perfect is kind of a uh, um, what's the word? It's kind of like a like a, a dog chasing his own chasing his own tail. You're just never gonna catch it, and so or if you do, you don't know what to do with it. Like the Joker said, right? <laughs> but um, but that that's that's an amazing point that you bring up. I think that a lot of what happens in politics is everybody's desire to become perfect. When in reality, all we all we really need to do is just get a little bit better with every every little policy, every little um a communication, or every little conversation. We just need to strive to get that inch better. And um, I, I think what the left does is they try and strive for utopia instead of trying to strive for better. Yeah, and and that fails. Uh, that fails, especially biblically, because we know that you know that it, we 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 understand uh, understanding the Bible that a a earthly uh, an earthly utopia is not going not possible. It's not going to happen. Um. So so why are we always trying to shoot for that and making everything uh, making a bunch of stuff worse on the way instead of just like you said making it better step by step. Um yeah, that's interesting. Uh <clears throat> so that being said, now we're, we're kind of I'm kind of thinking to step back a little bit. Sure. Your uh your page, your about page um Starts with liberal atheist to con- to Christian conservative. Yeah. So tell me tell me how that kind of happened, and then how people around you responded to that. Sure. So I think the response was a little harsh because I the process was really slow. So I was a liberal atheist when I was twenty one. I'm thirty two now. So when I was twenty one, twenty. I just turned thirty. Yeah, hey man, welcome to the club. <laughs> Your 30s are great. You're going to love them, trust me. Um, but I think the reason people reacted so like uh what's the word? Just like viciously towards me coming out as a conservative and starting to post conservative content was because everybody knew I was a Christian, but nobody politics wasn't in the mainstream until a little bit before Trump got elected. You know, there politics was not pop culture until Trump put on the MAGA hat and you started starting to see yeah. girls in bikinis wearing MAGA hats and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like that's when it was like, okay, this is a phenomenon. This is something else. And so people felt the need to either go into it or fight back against it. And then all these things happened. But um, from atheist, I, I was, I was a, an atheist kind of by default. I grew up, I grew up Roman Catholic. My parents didn't go to church much, uh, you know, uh, Christmas and Easter or, you know, little things like that. Went to Catholic school. Um, but all of all that meant was that now I was rebelling against school and God, which both those together. And I felt like I was in the right, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm rebelling against the establishment. Yeah. Punk rock, like rock and roll, play guitar. Like you see. So like I was a musician, really into Hendrix and, um, you know, the Beatles and psychedelia, all this stuff. Pink Floyd was a big one. So all that stuff kind of led me down the path of like universalism. I am you as you are me. Uh, you know, the universe is all one. All of these, these, 
uh, ideas that ultimately leave you no accountability so you could do whatever you want. And yeah. so that's what I did. And um, I eventually gave my life to God. Uh, when I was 22, I started visiting this charismatic church. I chased the girl into church. And, um, you know, I just never left. She ended up leaving, but I didn't. <laughs> and uh, God just God just transformed my life. And, and since then, it's just kind of been like, I've always been a very analytical person, like kind of a pensive, you know, very introverted, but always thinking about things. And that didn't change. You know, God kind of used that to take me into the area of apologetics and kind of say, all right, you want to learn about something, learn about something worthwhile, learn about the yeah. word of God, learn about the history of, you know, of the, uh, you know, the church fathers and, you know, the, uh, the apostles and all this stuff. So, you know, discovering people like Ravi Zacharias, discovering people like Frank, mm. Trick, you know, all these people, you know, uh, it's a shame what, what happened with Ravi, but you know, he, uh, needless to say, his ministry blessed me. You know, I can't deny yeah, that. Bro. So I put a pin in Ravi. Yeah. I, he is he he was my number one period 100 percent. like like that was it and uh everybody has like a person they look up to in their life and and or or whatever they they look at that person for answers or something he was my guy yeah. i had i had finished 10 books from one person and it was ravi wow and so yeah anyway go ahead yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was a heartbreaking. It, it was a heartbreaking moment. But um, that's a whole. I think that's a whole podcast in itself, yeah. right? Talking about Robbie. Um, but yeah, so then I just kind of continued down that road. I got really plugged into my church. Was leading worship for a little while, uh, a few years, and you know, as as I started to change my views on things socially, like um, let's say gay marriage being one of them, or um gender roles you know stuff like that uh even even uh financial stuff you know with with tithing and stewarding things properly you kind of naturally become a fiscal conservative in that way and yeah. so then when when politics started entering like kind of the the overton window of popular discussion i kind of started seeing like well i'm i'm not really educated on this and i just gone through a breakup and i wanted to like really discover myself as a man like what are my opinions who am i like what do i believe in what do i stand for and men I just, talk about politics yeah. <laughs> yeah i was like what can i do so that if i'm ever at like a cocktail party with billionaires i know what i'm talking about <laughs> you know <laughs> not that i'll ever be there but that was that was me at 21 yeah. and like just in case for when i'm a millionaire but essentially politics was the thing that popped up it was politics and it was business and you know i, I got into my gary v stuff but then i got into like steven crowder and ben shapiro and all these people which i only found because i was watching liberal uh comedy political comedy like trevor noah and uh john oliver and stuff and i was like this is funny but like it's not teaching me anything let me dive deeper and then i yeah. find ben shapiro and i'm like oh yeah found it and it all like lined up with my social beliefs and my excuse me, my Christian beliefs. And yeah, that's yeah. when I knew I was like, there's overlap here. And at first it feels like, okay, this is right. Like objectively Republicanism is right. But then as you dive deeper into the nuances, you know, foreign policy and all the different types of conservatism, paleoconservatism, you know, uh, populism, all these things, you start to realize, okay, there's nuance here too, just like there's nuance in theology. And so yeah, now right. I had to discover myself in that area and say, well, now I know I'm a conservative. What do I believe about conservatism and to what extent? Because there are militant Christian conservatives who think they need to take over the world in the name of Jesus politically. And I With don't know. American flag around the cross. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm that. You know, I, I honestly think that the only way anything gets solved in, in our world, let alone our country, is, is by Jesus' return. You know, and, and so 
I'm willing to fight until that day comes. But I'm not banking on us taking over, us the Christians fighting like, you know, like we're in Star Wars, you know, fighting the Empire and defeating the world from sin. You know, like, no, Jesus's job is to defeat the world from sin. He did that. He's coming back for his church. I think in the meantime, it's up to us to save as many people as we can and introduce them to God. And that's my that's my dedicated role within politics. Um, I know I know I'm totally off the base from your question, but I, I want to hit this. The reason that I've stayed so connected to politics is because I've seen the need for people on the right to hear the gospel that have just never heard it before. And so they already love their country. They already love the idea of God. They already have uh, good family values and all these things. And they like the Bible as a book, but they've never had somebody present them a gospel and say, hey, give everything you have to God. Lay down your life, die to yourself and follow, pick up your cross and follow him. Nobody's ever told them that. And so once they do, it's like a switch goes off in your head. It's like they're in their head. You can see it in their eyes. When I tell people the gospel who are like pretty conservative, they're like, you're right, man. Like, I can't deny it. You're right. Like, it, it all makes sense. It's a natural progression. And that's why I'm still involved in politics, because I, I think those people are worth saving, too. That's very interesting. I. Huh, that's interesting. I, I didn't uh, I didn't see that that coming. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that coming because a lot of times, you know, we Christians who get into politics and are conservative, you know, they they're always like, this is we need to put this out there. This this needs to be out there because we need to reach the people that aren't conservative. Right. Um, and you're like, no, I want to go into conservative camps and discuss politics and break it down and all. But also because more importantly, because I want to reach those conservatives with the gospel. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. And that's and something I, that God showed me really recently, man, within the past you know six months or so. Um, just I don't know how much you know about like. Uh, Bryson Gray or uh, yep. Brandon Tatum and stuff and yep. the, this whole thing. I know, I, I know all about it. All right, so you yeah. know, yeah. Um, it's funny because I had Ruslan on my podcast recently. I watched that. That was a good a one. Bit about it, um, but that kind of awakened me a little bit, and I was like, "There's so many Christians that just don't believe, or so many conservatives rather that just don't know how to believe in God properly. They don't understand yeah. Scripture. They don't understand theology, and nobody's there to help them." Everybody's looking at them as these conservative kind of like moguls, these like big influencers, and nobody's willing to correct them and say, hey, your theology is wrong. Like the Trinity is the triune God, three in one, you know, God, <laughs> Jesus is God. Like nobody's there to tell them that. And if they do, they feel like they're being attacked, which is a shame. But um, Ruslan made a great point. And he said, like, he doesn't think Bryson Gray is going to be the same in 10 years. He thinks he's going to have matured and kind of settled down. And, and I think that's a good thing because I think God works in yeah. us all that way yeah wow i wow i'm still i'm still a little thrown back from that because i i literally had but it, but that answer though explains probably explains um why i like your content so much mm. uh because you are gospel focused and centered that talks about politics but also brings it back to make sure that we know what's, you know, what's what we know, what is the most important thing? Yeah. Um, because even as conservative people who put themselves out on platforms, you know, like their, their profiles have a lot to do with their political stance. So that's what people see. Right. Um, but there's a way to do that. There's a way to do that where people see that, uh, see your views on that stuff, but they also 
realize that that's secondary to you. You're, you're more about God. You're more about um, getting the gospel out there. Um, and people who are like really, really on that besides you, uh, maybe like, um, the, uh, Korean Christian conservative Kangman Lee. Kangman, that's that's homie. I would, I would love to get that guy on too. Um, if I can get get him on here for you, I think, uh, I think he does a good job at that. Um, and other than that, I mean, guys like Crowder, yeah, he's very entertaining. He, he is outspoken about his faith when it comes up but you you know where i'm going with this like there's there's a lot to him and to how he presents himself and puts himself out there that people aren't going to get the gospel first a hundred percent a hundred percent and i have a suspicion that crowder is very dedicated to spreading the gospel person to person I have a suspicion that when it comes to his the people he works uh, with or his his employees he's very much about that and that's one of the the misconceptions I think a lot of people had about me. Um, you know, my pastor backs me very much, which I'm really grateful for. But a lot of people in my congregation were confused when I started posting about stuff like this. Um, and and when I started going to like you know young Republican meetings and stuff and clubs, I was starting to see that people were they had so many questions about my faith. Like it, it's almost like they'd never seen just like a regular Christian before, you know, this is always like an extreme Jehovah's witness or, you know, a Mormon or something, something out the fray like that. And mind you, I'm in Jersey, but like my, the, the club that I belong to is in New York Midtown. So these are like Midtown New York Republicans. It's hard to come by a a devout Christian in Midtown New York City. So I think that was where I was like, huh, there's a role for me to fill here. I'm on the board now. I'm the, I'm one of two Christians on that board. And, you know, people really look to me as somebody to inform anything that has to do with Christianity. They're like, okay, give us your take on this because this is your lifestyle, right? But along with that comes a lot, a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of responsibility. Like, I ha- I can't, like, these these YR parties, I'm sure you know, like, MAGA people can party, man. They can drink. <laughs> they can party. And so, like, you almost have to be, like, Remind yourself, like, my testimony's first, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hit on that cute Republican girl. Like, I, my, the testimony comes first. Like, I need to make sure um, I'm upholding that at all times. And that's where a church community comes in handy so much because you want to be able to leave there and go to your church and then have fellowship with, with people who believe like you do and say, all right, I'm still ed- edified in my faith. I'm still reading my word. I'm still connected the way I'm supposed to to God. And that's a fine line to walk. But... It's so rewarding, man. It's so fulfilling. Like this last year, 10 months that I've been doing this content has been some of the most fulfilling times of my life. Wow. That's awesome. Wow, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm still in that. Uh, I, I, I'm not a part of anything politically officially. Mm-hmm. Um, what state are you in? Jersey. You're in Jersey? Yeah, South Jersey. So uh, really... That- that's I mean, not you know, Jersey, bro. You know how it is. Jersey's two states, really. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually just talking to a friend uh, two days ago about uh, like if if the United States just split into a bunch of different countries, 
yeah. that he, he was like, oh, well, the East Coast, North Northeast would be its own thing. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I said, well, that split between, you know, the on the eastern side would be between South and, and North Jersey because yep. we already think we're two states to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it comes down to the pork roll versus Taylor Ham debate, man. That's really it's what it comes down to. It's Taylor pork Ham, roll. obviously. That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had to change this whole show. Hold I on. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, wow. Okay, yeah, so... Um, so now that we've sort of settled, it's a uh, pork roll. Um, let's go to. So. <clears throat> all right. So I'm, I see this uh, in your in your about section. I kept my politics to myself for a long while as I was work as I worked as a designer and digital marketer until the George Floyd event hit the news cycle. At that point, I began to see the philosophy of BLM and, and the Marxist left leaking into the church and even more worrisome be, being advocated for from the pulpits. Um, I, I understand there's a lot that could be jumped into there. Uh, but first of all, I when I read that and, and just talking to you, you know, hearing that you started, you know, recently in the last 10 months. Hats off to you, props to you for starting during something like George Floyd and and all this stuff and and coming with a with a viewpoint that is probably going to get a lot of heat, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Um, until people really get to know you and what you're about. Um, yeah. So props to that. Well, uh, the interesting thing is that when I did post about George Floyd, I didn't post anything counter to what the popular belief was, which was at the time before all the footage came out. This man is murdered in the street, right? Yeah. What I opposed was this idea of silence is violence. And I, I just yeah, have yeah. A, a problem in general with authority. <laughs> so my my oh, whole take yeah. on it was like, I'm going to post a black tile, but it's going to say something on it. It's not just going to be a black square. So I posted like, um, I stand with George Floyd's message, right? And then the next thing was like, there was a video circulating about George Floyd talking about love and how we have to stop killing each other and this, this and that. And I was like, if you want to, if you want to honor George Floyd, honor the message that he was giving, which at the time, that's all we knew about him was this little video. And that's what I posted, whereas other people were talking about police brutality and, you know, giving statistics only only what is a seven to uh, nine to 12 unarmed black men were killed by police by a white police officer in 2018. You know, those statistics, that was what was going all over right uh, right wing Instagram. Me, I was just like, you want to honor the guy? Cool. But make sure you're honoring what he's saying. He loved God, uh, according to this video. He was anti-violence, according to this video. That's what you should be listening to. And then from there, a lot of people were like upset. But then there was a lot of people that were like, thank you for saying that. And then as the tension built, I kind of just made a post that was just like, dear white friends, you don't have to be ashamed to be white. And like, dear black friends, you don't have to bank on your skin color for everything. And that was the tweet that or the the Instagram post that like split my audience. I started losing followers. People were hitting me up, telling me I was brainwashed. You know, a lot of people that I've worked with for years as a as a as a designer just all of a sudden wanted nothing to do with me. But the first posts were not anything crazy. And it was because we didn't know anything. You know, so I didn't want to jump ahead of the the news cycle. It was just what it was. The guy was on the floor, we had a knee on his neck. Yeah. Um it is it is a shame how so much, so many, like what you just said, you just gave good examples, but it's a shame how so many things immediately become, oh, well, that's because you're, 
you're on the right. Oh, that's because you're on the left. They everybody throws all that. Like the idea of the idea of when a, a a video like that comes out. How about we don't jump to all these conclusions and we maybe wait a week or two for yeah. some things to come out and then we can have a better, more informed thought thought process and opinions on it before we just go out and spout a whole bunch of stuff publicly to our thousands and millions of followers. <laughs> um, that type of way of thinking about things automatically is, oh, well, you're this crazy alt-right conservative guy that doesn't care about people. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we do it to, we, we do it to, you know, to the left too, but, um, that's a shame. Like it's it, like that type of way of thinking is, is actually a good thing. Again, yeah. this is, this is me speaking. It's a good thing to wait for facts and to wait for more, more evidence to come out because that's how you, that's how you're able to come to a better conclusion, a better, uh, a better, uh, a better opinion about what just happened, what you just, what you, what you think you just saw. Right. Um, and so, and I mean the Bible, the, you know, there's a whole bunch of Proverbs about being, being, uh, slow to speak and, um, you know, waiting for information being, you know, and, and, and not being the first to talk about everything. Like there, there's a lot of wisdom in that, but yeah. it's, it's, it's just seen as a, Oh, that's just cause you're a conservative mm-hmm. and it's a shame. Like that's just one example, but it's a shame how we're so, we're so split on so many things that just something like that has to be seen as a one side or the other. Yeah. It's very, it's very sad that withholding judgment has become like a conservative thing, right? Like the, the ability to say, okay, I see that that looks bad. Let me wait for the facts. That's that, that, it seems to people, certain people, that you are trying to skirt around it or, like, you're not trying to address it. But in reality, all it is is, like, I just want to know what actually happened. You know, it's like yeah. when you break up a fight and then you send both of them to the principal's office and then you, like, talk it out. You know, it's like we need to wait to get to the principal's office and talk it out before you just suspend one or expel one. You know, you have to kind of have the proper process in order to do that. I do think that a big part of it that's complicit in it is the news cycle and the way social media is so rapid to spread things. It's almost gotten to the point now where the audience is is as complicit as the view as the as the influencer because we're asking people like, "Yo, what's your take on this? What's your take on that?" It's something yeah. that just happened today, you know, and it leaves no time for research. Um, this whole this is the reason that the mainstream media is in the position that it's in. It's like who's first to market, who's first to, to on the story. I mean, that's been something that's always been an issue in journalism, but until yeah. we had the internet and millions of people could see within seconds, that it's become a kind of a detriment to our society. I gotta be honest. Um, as now that we're on you know this trail a little bit, that is a it's that that's been a struggle that I have with reaction videos. Mm. Um, that's why like I, other than if you're reacting to like a new music video or something that's come out, I, I don't really like people doing that. Um, I don't, well, I don't like it because I don't think it's, I don't think it's really a a wise thing. Um, if you're, if you're really preaching, like I'm a Christian and I want to have the right view about things and I want to get all the facts straight and, you know, uh, I don't care about your emotions and, um, I just want facts then why are you also on your platform? And I, I'm, I'm saying this in my mind, thinking about conservative, you know, public figures. Right. Um, 
why do you why are you so quick to just jump on a reaction video to something that just came out right um like be different and be the guy that waited a week or two to then react about a big story right well i mean so i agree with you i think i have to give give credit where credit is due to people like Ben Shapiro who will wait before they post anything you know daily wire um i've been following them for like at the their entire existence since they were made and um they do take the time they won't just come out with a statement because something happened it'll take them a little while before they get the facts and then they'll report the facts and they'll say this is what we know right now you know things like that that can mitigate a lot of uh, emotion or risk away from the situation but i think what you're seeing is a lot of people trying to get to the top of this new industry that's formed which is right-wing commentary you know we're all trying to struggle to get to be the next candace the next ben shapiro you know whether or not we like them or not is not relevant they paved a path and now that there's a path, now that there is a, a Steven Crowder who had more streams <laughs> on the DNC than the DNC did. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Now that there's him, it's like sky's the limit. And it's just a matter of who's going to make it next. And so now you have a bunch of people that are sitting around, a bunch of capitalist minded go getters, which is a good thing. Being like, I got to be first on this story. I need all the dirt on it, blah, blah, blah. But there is, it's a double edged sword for sure. It's just something that we need to learn as consumers which i think we're going to learn the hard way not uh, some people are full of it and not everybody has the best intentions when it comes to commentary there's some fringe groups on the right that have all these great ideas about you know foreign policy and fiscal conservatism but then when it comes down to race they're like identitarians and they think that america is a white ethno state and and like that's like like, very (laughs) very weird stuff yeah but these people consider themselves mainstream conservatives they consider themselves part of the conservative right it's like you're not a conservative you're if anything is all right that's all right you know <laughs> so um it's just a matter of a new market that's opened up and everybody's trying to race to the top yeah yeah so let me bring this up because i'm interested in your your input on this sure. um i'm i'm somebody who is uh is very into uh if I'm into something, if I follow something, if I believe in something or like it, I want to promote it somehow. And usually that comes down to I like to get hats or, or shirts or something that, you know, so whenever I'm wearing a shirt or, or I'm wearing something, period, I'm 98 percent of the time I'm, I'm very specific about it. Like I know I, I'm aware of what I'm wearing and it's and I'm wearing it for a purpose. Um, like this is my brand, by the way. But oh. so uh so when I do that, I, I, so I'm very much about that now because I'm like that, there's a part of me that I'm like, I want to go out and buy, you know, Crowder's stuff. I want to, I want to wear Charlie Kirk shirt that just says a big conservative across the front. Mm-hmm. I want to go out and buy, you know, Candace's shirt. I am going to actually go buy a Thomas soul shirt, but yeah. uh, like, I want to I want to wear all this stuff. Cause I want to represent what I actually really like and, and who I follow. And, and I know that, I know that me buying that stuff, you know, even helps them more because I'm financially supporting them. Yeah. Um, and by my finances helping them, they produce, you know, more content, which is what I'm into. So it's, you know, it's a whole thing. I get it. Yeah. I want to do that. Now, my, my pushback to wearing and promoting political things like that, again, goes back to I'm more concerned about my Christian witness. Um, 
so if I have a if if I have a, a neighbor who is you know super leftist and I know that, and I I go walking around the neighborhood with my conservative shirt on, is that going to shut down a, a conversation? You right. know what I mean? Um, so, so I think that, it's just a matter of like how much do you believe the things that you want to believe or that you believe in? How 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 much are you willing to stand for them? And are you willing to risk offending somebody on the on the jump? Right? I, I, I think there's a degree of nuance and wisdom that you have to take. Right. So if it's a big shirt that says conservative on it or socialism sucks, I, I'd say don't wear that to Sunday service. <laughs> you know, I'd say maybe that's not a good idea. Don't wear that to like men's ministry where there could be new people. You know, I, I'd say maybe go with a button up or something like a grown man would wear. <laughs> but uh, I'm just being I'm just being stupid. But. No, I do think there's a degree of nuance for that, but I also think that there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I think it's a it's a matter of like personal preference. If if you like the shirt, you like the design, you want to support them, maybe maybe it's not even a shirt that you get. Maybe you get the leftist tears mug or you or you get, you know, the Crowder mug or something and you support that way. Um, but I'm all about the merch, man. Like I buy merch specifically because I know it helps the brand and I know it helps the content. I don't buy it necessarily to wear it. I have like three hoodies from different podcasts that I love and I don't wear them ever because I kind of feel like, like I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, a snob when it comes to fashion and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to wear a graphic tee. Like I want to look like a, like a 32 year old, you know? So um, I'm all about the graphic tees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got the swag for that, man. I, I don't like, I, I feel too corny for that, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of preference, man. And, and I don't, I think if somebody's going to be offended by your t-shirt, is like you're never really going to gain any kind of significant trust with them anyway. I really do think that. Like, if you're wearing a T-shirt that says like USA and somebody's like pointing out your T-shirt and telling you that that that's kind of problematic, odds are you're not going to have a very fruitful conversation about the gospel, <laughs> you know, with that person. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of being, you know, just being wise with where you wear it. You know, I definitely don't wear it in New York City. Um, and then <laughs> other than that, man, it's just it's just up to you. So with with that conversation, um, and this goes for wearing stuff, this goes for posting stuff online. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the idea that I also battle internally with why am I so why do I spend so much energy and and uh, and time on thinking about oh should I wear this or should I not wear this or should I post this or not post this when I have friends people I know and people I love friends who are wearing and, and they're Christians, self-proclaimed Christians wearing and posting things that are just crazy left stuff. Yeah. And they're, and they're totally okay with it. So I'm, so part of me is like, why should I hold back from posting what I know is, is better. Right. Um, when, when, you know, they, they're totally fine doing it. Um, so and, I I think you have a big heart, you know, I think uh, that comes from having a big heart. And I think it's one of the problems that kind of encapsulate like that little example kind of encapsulates the right side or conservatism as a whole, where we're we're more reactive and we're reactionary to what the left is doing instead of being instead of taking initiative and in doing whatever it is that we think is right. So I think it, it comes from a good place. It comes from the place of not wanting to offend anybody. But the way I look at it is like, well. I'm right though. Like I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not I saying that I have all the answers, but like 
on these issues, like I'm right. Like America's a good place to live, all things considered. You know, we have our share of troubles. Like you want to wear a Go America shirt, like I'm right. This is a great country, regardless of what. And if not, like you can feel free to not look at my shirt. And that's the kind of the way I look at it. It's not it's not out of maliciousness. It's it's just out of representing who I am accurately. And like I said, it, a big part of it has to do with where I am when I'm wearing it. I'm never going to go out for like, you know, for drinks with my family and wear like a Trump T-shirt because it might bring unnecessary attention to me and my family. And I don't want to put them through that. But if I'm going to like a little meeting and it's a meet up with like the young Republicans and stuff, oh, I'll get decked out. I'll wear my, you know, freedom shirt, you know, I'll put on my my MAGA hat and I'll chill. But it's just a matter of like how I want to come off that day, you know? Interesting. It's almost like you're you're putting on your mood. <laughs> that, that's fashion, man. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Um so <clears throat> And you end your you end your about section with I hope you enjoy the conversations whether you agree with the topics or not. Uh, I that I, I wish it was I wish I wish more of these conversations were just that. Yeah. Um. You know, and and didn't come off. because uh, I have I have such a hard time with having these conversations online. Yeah. Because uh, one practically i just don't want to spend the time doing it um i'm not gonna go and spend all the time to go look up links that you want me to prove my point all this <laughs> stuff back and forth like i'm just not gonna do that I, yeah. I i have a wife and two kids and and a full-time job and a couple businesses like i'm not gonna do that i'd say that's um, a pretty good excuse to not do that and uh and i already get yelled at all the time for being on my phone too much <laughs> so you know i just i don't want to do that online mm-hmm. um I also know that there's a whole bunch of other people viewing this conversation that I'm having with you online. Um, and I just, I would much rather have stuff in person. Um, now, obviously this past year has kind of thrown a, a, a wrench in that a little bit. Um, Cause not everybody's comfortable with, with coming around. Right. Uh, but uh, that's my other thing with not posting stuff online because i just don't want to the the yes when you post something like that you're expecting a reaction but it's almost like i actually don't want a reaction because because i i just don't want to i don't want to engage with the reaction you know what i'm saying i know the feeling man i 100 percent relate to that i think it's gotta come from defining your terms before you start posting right so you have this podcast which is amazing and you're doing awesome stuff with it how far do you want to take this? Is this something you do as a hobby because you genuinely enjoy it and maybe you don't necessarily need to make money off of it? Or is this something that you want to take seriously as a business? Either one is fine, by the way. Like, I'm not saying like you have to do this and you have what I'm saying is like just define your expectations and define your goals. Because if you do want this to become a business and you want it to, to create profit, which I don't know if you have monetized this yet, but um, then that's going to require you taking clips from this and putting it on Instagram and getting those reactions and making those waves because ultimately when it comes to internet land that's what pays the bills you know pays the bill what pays the bills is being in the zeitgeist being in the conversation giving people something to talk about it's an it's unfortunate but that's where we are 
which is why I like to I like to have my own set of rules. Like I will never cross X line in order to create content. Right. I'll never lie about what I believe in to get followers. I'll never do that. I'll never I'll never pretend that I'm somebody I'm not to get followers. I'll never talk about things that I'm still struggling with in my spiritual life and act as if I have the answers. in order to get followers. I'll never do that. So you'll never see me talking about, you know, being anti-pornography and stuff like that because I'm 32, I'm single. You know, like, I have struggles in that area and I'm very open about that. So I I need to understand, like, I have to be, you have to be able to pull the curtain back on my life and say, um, I'm sorry, I just got a crazy, crazy text. I'm sorry. You you got to be able to pull the curtain back on my life and say, okay, he's telling the truth about all these things. And uh, that that's the one thing that I've kind of set as a standard when it comes to arguing with people, man. If I don't know them, I'll engage a little bit. I'll invite them to go on IG live with me so we can see each other face to face at least and talk about it. If they don't, if they don't want to and they just want to keep insulting me, I block them. And if I know them, then I say I go back and forth a couple times and then I say, look, since you know me, feel free to call me anytime and we can talk about this like adults and we can discuss it at length. You know, I'll buy you a beer or I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you a coffee. And if they don't want to take you up on that, then you don't. But I think it, that that's my line. I'm not going to sit there and go back and forth with a troll. I'm, I'm like I said, like you, I don't have the time to do that. I have to build a future for when I do get married and when I do have kids. But yeah. short of that, you know, that, that's my line in the sand for sure. I think uh, I think that's good. And what what I'm what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that it's it's very it's very organized in how you in your approach. Your approach is very systematic and organized, um, which I think is probably where where my where my failure comes in a lot because I don't have a lot of that organized like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in my in in my mind, I always kind of have a way that I don't want to react or uh, and things I don't want to say online, um, but it's not like a set like you said a set list of rules that I, for me personally that i'm just not gonna go against um well that's come with, that's come with like a lot of time online and this is even before politics like i did I, I used to run a christian blog back maybe 10 years ago and then after that i was i was doing like digital marketing content and doing stuff like that okay. so so i always had kind of had that awareness of like i need to i need to use my time utilize my time in the best way possible and be able to create as much content as possible, engage with the audience when it's fruitful, and then just not engage with the audience when it's going to do more damage than good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, so man, you, I, yeah, I think... So, so you know. Say that again? No, it's just so you know. You, you know how you've gotten there because you know how it works. Um, and, and you understand how, how the online system works. I, I have an idea of that. But I also, I also don't want to necessarily, and this is just being honest, like I don't really want to, I don't really want to invest the time and money and energy uh, needed to make it a whole big thing. Mm. Um, like this podcast is really uh, because one, I do, I do interviews because I, I, I want to just really just have conversations with these people. Um, like, I have people on that that either I find really interesting and I want to just talk to them or I know them personally, but I think other people are going to find them interesting. So 
Nice. I just I want to you know talk with them, because um, I don't really like doing like a I don't I don't really like doing like a organized um, uh, what's the word formal interview. I like to actually like just have a conversation with somebody. Likewise, um, and uh, and so that's kind of just what I do. But I also like you said taking taking clips and posting on Instagram and your stories and. Uh, and then, you know, making it with these fancy backgrounds or having a text on there. Like, I know that all that stuff would help all my my branding and, and all that out. But I'm just not going to spend the time to do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, if I reach 100 people an episode, 1,000 people or 20,000, I'm okay with it. Um, but uh, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. Maybe organic but I don't even know if that's right. Um, that's just kind of, I, and then I also battle with, but if I'm not doing that, then because I have a small platform and when I reach out to somebody that's bigger and I try to get them to, you know, talk with me, they're going to, they could look at my profile and be like, Oh, well, he's not even serious. He, he's nothing. I don't want to talk to him. So I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to answer him. Um, I've gotten that many times. There's a, there's a lot of those for sure, but I do think for the most part, people are looking for consistency. So, yeah. you know, somebody like I was shocked that like Ruslan answered at all, you know, and that was dope. that was that was that was, that was a dream, man. Like I watch his content, you know, it's it's rare to have people on that like, yo, I actually listen to this person, and then all of a sudden I'm talking to them and they're on the screen. Yeah. But that I I feel like what they look for is that you're constantly putting something up and looking to improve short of that. I don't really think that they necessarily look for numbers. If the messaging is right, right? If, if you have, if you're a brother in Christ and you're trying to communicate the gospel, I find it very hard to believe that somebody who is a bigger, you know, uh, I guess Christian YouTuber would deny, you know, coming on your channel just because of numbers. Um, I could see that maybe if it was the digital marketing industry or something like that, it's all about numbers. Yeah, or like yeah. just strictly ads but in this in this area in this space i think i think you're good man if you genuinely just want to have honest conversations that's what they're looking for they're just looking for numbers and then i mean they're just looking for uh consistency and um if you can offer them something like hey you know this is going to be we're going to talk about these topics and if they like it they can use the clips themselves it's a win-win so it doesn't waste anybody's time cool that's good advice. You've given a lot of good advice. I appreciate that. Um, so I think uh, we're coming up on an hour, so that, that's probably a good time to to close it down. But I'm going to throw some 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 uh, rapid fire questions at you. All right, let's do it. All right, so here's the first one: 2024 Republican Party. Who do you want to run, and then who do you think will be will be running? I want an older, more refined, more calm Donald Trump to run, who I think will actually run is probably DeSantis, um, okay. maybe somebody that's coming out of the blue. I don't think Gates is there yet, um, but I think he's thinking about it. He's maybe 20, 20 28 or something. Um, okay. Yeah, I think it's either, I think it's Trump or DeSantis. Okay. So you would want Trump. And you, but you, you think it might be DeSantis? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it would be a smart play for him. No team up, a Trump DeSantis, DeSantis Trump. 
Trump could would be. be. Vice I, Trump would never be vice president. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think it would be great if he had DeSantis as a as a vice president. Only thing I'm worried about is effectively DeSantis could do more where he is now as senator than more than more than he would as vice president. So I don't see why he would take it other than just for the experience. Gotcha. Um, podcasts. We'll, we'll do this first. Podcast recommendations for people like ooh, your ooh, top ooh. three. Oh, I've been obsessed with this guy, Stephen Bankars, who is uh, a guy that came out of the new age movement. And he was like one of the best selling new age bloggers, like out of like the 2010s. Dude was making like 30 grand a month, like on, on new wow. age content. Gave it all up when he gave his life to God. Tells his whole testimony. And now he actively talks about the dangers of the new age within Christianity and how it kind of is seeping into it in ways that you wouldn't even expect. Dude is brilliant. He's young. He's He's got energy. Dude's got a huge future. That's the one that I've been obsessed with. Mike Winger. I'm sure you know Mike Winger. Yep. Um, you know, if, if you don't know Mike Winger and you're watching. I was listening to him earlier. Yeah. You need to at least do like dedicate a night to like just listen to a bunch of Mike Winger because he's that's a wise man. And also um, who's a good who's a good podcast. If, if you're into funny stuff, there's a, a great podcast, a comedy podcast that's clean, um, although both comics are not always clean, but. It's called, um, what is it called? Hey Babe with Chris DiStefano and uh, the guy from Impractical Joker, Salvicano. Um, really uh, okay. silly, really yeah. silly. It just, they don't talk about anything serious. It's just a good way to get out of, out of the fray of politics and all that. And they're just really good. And they're, they're super funny. See, my comedy one would be Babylon B. Babylon B. That's a great, yeah. They're yeah, great. Yeah. For sure. Um, last, last rapid fire. Uh, your top three. Uh, well, this would be a two-part. Your current top three authors and your all-time top three authors. Ooh, that's good. Current top three author authors would have to be C.S. Lewis. Um, I've been on a binge of his lately. I'm reading the new Michael Knowles right now and uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, okay. All-time, I honestly think it's the same, you know? Um, although Jonathan Haidt is probably in there with the most recent ones. Uh, Jonathan Haidt uh has has a phenomenal book that breaks down um just the way the way we raise ch children in our society uh, i forget the name of the book but I'll, I'll get it to you and um who else i'd say honestly gary v man just read mm -hmm. it, gary v read crushing it um yeah. because it'll just give you a grasp on like the business side of everything and the business side of the internet and what the pros are for the internet. it's very easy to spot the cons of the internet yeah. Let's find out what's actually good about it. He does a really good job of laying it out. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Plug everything you got. All right, man. Thanks for having me on here, man. Uh, my name is Angel Kiros, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. If you want to find me, uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Um, now I'm on Rumble even. Uh, it's all underscore Angel, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. All of my links are on my website. If you want to help the podcast and you want to help me kind of create more content, do more stuff, maybe remote location, stuff like that, join the Patreon. Link is also on my website. All of those links are on angelkiroz.com, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. Thank you so much, man. Sweet. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank bro. you, brother. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you answered me. And because, <laughs> again, like I said, some people don't. But I'm glad you got back to me and we were able to set this up and, uh, and made it happen. Of course. Um, man. And uh, maybe there'll be another future one. That'd be pretty sweet. For sure, man. Anything you need, just shoot, shoot me a little DM. Awesome. 
All right, brother. God bless you. All right, man. God bless. Get involved practically in the fight against abortion by supporting and donating preborn.org. So many of us talk about hating abortion, but how many of us actually do something about it, fighting it, even if it's just donating your money? Donating and even getting involved with preborn.org is a very easy, very practical way to get in the fight for the most innocent among us. Not only does your support provide ultrasounds and counseling, it also provides maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, and formula. More importantly, your sponsorship gives a young mother an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help fight for that life in the womb that has no voice, and help fight to give hope to that mom and family on the outside of the womb. $28 pays for one ultrasound, where it is found that 80% of moms will choose life if they have seen an ultrasound of their baby. Support at preborn.org. Hey guys, Aaron here. As a first and a last and a whatever else in between you want to do, please support the show in one of the best, easiest, simplest ways you can. Please rate the show on whatever platform you're listening, uh, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. That has so much to do with with uh, with charts and you know moving moving the show up in the search engines, all this stuff. Uh, but whatever platform you're listening, please rate it. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We greatly appreciate it. I hope this uh, I hope this content is uh, is encouraging, is is uh, life building to you, um, really to just get you to know God more. Um, because as as believers, we want to we we believe that our life is about knowing God and making Him known. So I, I pray that we are doing that for you. And if you could, real quick. Just please rate the show, maybe leave a comment even, and and subscribe. Thank you guys. Love you. I'm out.